0: Your honour Fair Usage What nice rubbish. What nice rubbish podcast. Coming up on today's podcast, a bit of this.
1: So was there actually a pause
0: film or anything? No, but I'd like to think there was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a bit of this. Could probably put a Gandhi sketch on the site and uh wouldn't have to pay anyone. That? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See if we get any copyright notices. Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of Modnar Is Rubbish. Are you alright, Tom? Uh hi Marcus, yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm a, you know what, Tom, I'm
1: a little bit happy today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah what what's made you so happy well, you have got a kind of glow in your
0: you, eye you know i like to uh, use uh, do do drawings of other people's work in 1948 uh three people died well more than three people died an artist kurt Schwitters died and an artist arshile gorky died and and you're happy because artists died no no, no, I didn't put that right. Was it on, sorry, did you say it was on this day or something? Yeah, well, it was, it, no, not exactly on this day, but in this year, because that would have been 70 years ago. 70 years ago, are you asking why 70 years ago? Was I? Yeah. What was I?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so these artists yeah. who died in 1948, yeah. 70 years ago this year, all all of this year, it was seventy years
0: ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what,
0: what what sort of art did these guys make, well, guys and girls? Perhaps the kind of art that I'd want to copy. Uh, Kurt Schwitters made kind of a assemblage art, and Arshar Gorky was a, he was an abstract uh, painter. Um, also, did nice portraits in his early career, but the thing is, now their works in certain domains. Has passed into public, the public domain, which means
1: oh, which means you can freely uh, use them and share them. Yes, it means you can reproduce their work, or like you can like use it for whatever reason you see fit. Yes. In your, if, you, if in any way that makes your heart dance, yeah. you can do it.
0: Yeah, and the exciting thing is if Gandhi, if if Gandhi's done any drawings, you can use that as well oh so gandhi died in 48 yeah yeah so if he's got a little bit of art we could probably put a gandhi sketch on the site and uh wouldn't have to pay anyone
1: we'll test that yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see if we get any copyright notices now i have to say it does depend what country you live in because they all have different uh dates so in the uk oh, yeah. uh, you have to wait at least 70 years after an artist has died before you could even consider, like, using their work without anyone's permission on, say, selling T-shirts or mugs. But there is an issue. If you live in somewhere like Jamaica, don't, because you, you have to wait 95 years.
1: So what about... The, so the guys in Jamaica, they can't stop people in the UK after 70 years sharing their stuff, like
0: they No. Now, at this point, I have to say, I am not a lawyer... Uh, Did you know that, Tom, I'm not a lawyer?
1: Well, it's the first time I've ever thought about it, but I I suppose you're not.
0: (laughs) And anything we talk about today on this podcast is purely, you know, our interpretation, and it is no substitute for real legal advice. I just want to make that clear.
1: Yeah, other legal opinions are available, is what you mean, (laughs) isn't it? Oh, yes.
0: Yes, they are. Yes, and go and get them, (laughs) because we're not lawyers
1: and there must be special art lawyers mustn't they specialised
0: in laws around art copyright yeah yeah what's copyright if i was to draw a picture of say bart simpson and hand it to you say you have my picture of bart simpson i'd be in breach of copyright for that well it's
1: kind it's all about them it's all it's where the world of art meets finance isn't it yeah business copyright is like the point where they meet isn't it Well,
0: yes. Uh, There are some situations that allow a limited use of copyright work without prior permission first, and that's called fair use. Now, what fair use is, it's a doctrine that allows a limited use of copyrighted material without having to acquire permission from the owner of the uh, copyright. Uh, And that was from Wikipedia. Uh, so, fair use could be for the purposes of commentary So if you're like a journalist You could take a little quote And a little yeah, snippet yeah, we're, and you we're,
1: we're journalists, we're journalists, we can yeah, do that
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you could do a critique on it Or They
1: are absolutely <laughs> shit, those Banksy's, aren't
0: they? <laughs> <laughs> or parody <laughs> We've already done a Banksy parody Oh yeah
1: <laughs> Copyright related objects number one What is this?
0: Okay Tom, what is this?
1: Mm, so it's copyright related, is it? Um, the sound of police handcuffs as an artist gets taken to the cell.
0: No, could be, could be. It's not that.
1: <laughs> oh, I d- I don't know what is it.
0: Camera. camera? Okay.
1: What part of a camera was that?
0: I don't know. It said camera on the thing that I downloaded. Oh, I That's <laughs> yeah. not a camera. I don't think. That that's is a, a camera. camera. It said Canon. <laughs> that means it's a camera.
1: Oh, it's Canon.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, just before we get to the first image, uh, all the images we're going to talk about today are uh, on the website. So if you head over there to modernartisrubbish.com, you can uh, see what we're talking about. So the first picture is an example of what is called parody. Now, everyone probably knows of the film Jaws. Its poster featured an image of a swimmer and a shark sort of like coming from under the sea, bearing its teeth to come and attack the swimmer. What you can see here is this is a beautiful example of a parody because someone has taken the poster and they have reconstructed it for a new kind of film, which is about a terrible kitten that comes from the deep, and it's called Paws. And you can see uh, the same swimmer as in the Jaws poster and rising up from the deep to attack is a fluffy white kitten. And that is a beautiful example of parody. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, the colour's the same on the poster. It's, it's uh, an, exactly the same as the, um, the film
0: poster. Yeah. But that's the thing is a parody to work that sort of imitates another work for humorous or satirical effect So was there actually a pause film or anything? No, but I'd like to think there was Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> sound of copyright, sound number two, what is it?
0: Okay, I'll give you a clue It's something that a lot of hyper-realists might have used in the 60s to make their paintings, which are pretty good copies.
1: I thought it was going to be a photocopy, but it's not a photocopy. It's a projector.
0: Yeah, slide (laughs) projector. Now, a lot of artists have ended up in court over copyright issues. A guy called Art Rogers made a black-and-white photograph called Puppies. So it's a picture of a man and woman smiling and they're clutching about eight Rottweiler puppies. I think they're Rottweilers. They're quite happy with their puppies, aren't they? Would you be that happy?
1: Yeah, I reckon they look like Tibetan puppies.
0: Yeah, they do look quite chilled. (laughs) 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 So the American artist Jeff Koons, he uh, came across the work and he thought, oh, I quite like this. He found it on a postcard and he was doing a show based on the banality of life and he wanted to make a sculpture for it. So what Coons did was, he sent, he blew up a uh, picture of the postcard, and this is the bit that's a bit dodgy, he re- apparently he removed the copyright symbol off the postcard before uh, giving it to his assistants, and he instructed them to make a sculpture based on the photograph, uh, so his assistants made a wooden sculpture of this photograph, but the difference between the sculpture and the black and white photograph was the dogs were uh, they looked to all be blue, and they've got kind of white dots for noses, and they've got flowers in their hair.
1: Hang on, when you say flowers, in the dogs? Are oh no, the dogs aren't flowers. Hair, I
0: think. No, 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 the dogs aren't hippie love flowers. No, the uh, the two, the man and the woman sitting down the sculpture have flowers.
1: Yeah, so it's yeah. So what happened to him after he made this in terms of copyright? Well, so he got he got sued, I
0: presume. Yeah, or something. he did get sued, and in court, Coon's lawyer argued that the work was about the sort of mass production of commodities and uh, media images. You know, they've con- all the rubbish things we see around us. You know, it's sort of contributed to the. Uh, deterioration of society and his work was kind of like a parody of uh, society in general Uh, yeah so was he successful with that well no the problem is do if you're going to do a parody of something you actually have to be parodying the specific work rather than the whole of society because that kind, you can imagine if I just did a work I don't know I was a societal parody artist I could just copy anything (laughs) but a judge said it's not really fair to do that. But he basically uh, said, you know, you can't use that as defence. And the other thing as well is that when when these cases come to court, they also have to look at the market. Oh, let's pause. There's Ken- Kenzie, just for Kenzie's
1: <laughs> Oh, look, she, she's walking on the keyboard. Oh, I can hear that. from the
0: machine gun. So Kenzie, pause, This pause. So, so the other thing as well is... When when someone goes to court, the judge looks and says, "You know, does it affect the market?" And if the other guy Rogers had wanted to make sculptures of his picture, it would have been affected by the fact that Coons had made sculptures. Yeah, already made sculptures. And the problem was, also is that Coons uh, apparently sold additions to the value of three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars.
1: So did he Did he have to pass the money on to the photographer?
0: No. Uh, as is quite common in a lot of these cases, it seems to be, um, they came to a private confidential settlement and there's no details that even hint as to what it was. Seems to be pretty common with these kind of cases. All right, yeah. They don't say what goes on. Maybe they did a deal with puppies, I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's amazing, really. It's different in music, isn't it, with uh, the Rolling Stones getting the verve, all the money from Bittersweet Symphony because of a string sample by George Martin. Yeah. Sound number three. What is this? What was that? well that is definitely I don't know what it's got to do with copyright but that was definitely a coffee machine pouring a latte
0: no it wasn't
1: <laughs> no. No. oh right <laughs> a photocopier
0: Yep, yeah, photocopier right okay on to the next one a uh, very very famous work uh, which is the uh, and it's a case it's the Associated Press versus Shepherd Fairy.
1: hang on Toby's just come in and open the door.
0: Uh (laughs) Sorry, Marcus. That's fair use of the door, though, isn't it?
1: Fair use, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I guess so, man. It doesn't stop me suing him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, the street artist Shepard Fairey created the Hope poster during a campaign for President Obama's run to get elected in 2008, and the design became a world-famous image. What it is, is a stenciled image of Obama, with the words "hope" printed below. In 2009, the Associated Press uh, made a demand for compensation, uh, apparently as it was allegedly based on a photo by Manny Garcia.
1: So. So what, the the way they've stenciled it, the style, are they talking about the styles based on another well, work? Well,
0: basically, a photograph is also, as well as a painting, and I think a photograph can be a copyright. And in this case, Associated Press, who owned the rights to the photo, was alleging that Shepherd Fairy had just taken the photograph and just basically copied it. So, but the, the lawyer who did the Jeff Koons case could just say, well, it's transformative, it's different.
1: Because he's stuck hope on it, he's changed all the colours. He's turned it, the, his picture of Obama into something well, else. Well, yeah, they
0: can argue that, but you never know when it goes to court. So what happened in this case? Well, what happened was, before it actually went to court, Shepard Fairey filed a lawsuit arguing... A lawsuit. Uh, a lawsuit, yeah. <laughs> it was allegedly... So So Shepard Ferry uh, filed a lawsuit against Associated Press stating that his image was fair use. Uh, and, and also his argument was he didn't make any money from it because what he was doing was every time he sold one or made any money, he used it to produce more posters for the the Obama campaign. Now, he wasn't actually part of the Obama campaign, I have to...
1: So he was like a a rogue campaigner? Yeah,
0: Yeah, a rogue campaigner, yes. That can sometimes be a defence of fair use. If you're not making a profit, the judge will look on that more sympathetically when deciding a case. So, as happens with a lot of other things, in 2011, they settled out of court. It looked like it wasn't going to go Shepherd Fairey's way because the other thing as well is he didn't even ask for their permission. What they now do is him and our Associated Press, they agree to share the rights now and they make posters and merchandise bearing the Hope image. Again, we don't know how much it was for or what the deal was.
1: What sound is this? Tom, over to you. Number four. Uh, That is a police warrant being signed, isn't it?
0: No, it could be. It could be it's not.
1: Oh, a non-disclosure agreement.
0: Yes, it was. (laughs) It was the sound of a non-disclosure
1: agreement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent! (laughs) One
1: point to you, Tom! (laughs) On to our last
0: artist. Richard Prince now he's an American artist and uh, one of the art thing art forms that he did was uh, called appropriation art uh, which basically he takes other works and he recontextualises them um, sometimes he'll just literally re-photograph something so he'll take a photograph of a photograph blow it up or make changes to it and then stick it on a wall as his own work In a gallery
1: all right so that's that's quite fashionable because you see that quite a lot that sort of thing like is that like things like having uh the queen with a gas mask on
0: no no uh, for instance one, one of his last works was he he took photos of people's instagram posts and then he just blew them up to a larger scale and then put them in an art gallery brilliant you can imagine there are some lawsuits that do in shoe because he does sell his work for quite a lot of money. He came to prominence as what is known as an appropriation artist. A Duchamp uh, appropriated a toilet and called it art. So he basically took went to his uh, local toilet manufacturers and uh, stuck it in an art museum, as you know. And also uh, one I put on the Facebook page. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, Dali took a lobster and a telephone and called it lobster telephone stuck them together. Uh, artists are always boring. There's been a tradition of people taking this and that idea.
1: Yeah, or you borrow a sunset from the evening sky that you're sitting in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the early 1980s, uh, Richard Prince became interested in the cowboys, used on the Marlboro adverts. When he was younger, he used to uh, cut out a lot of old magazines and sort of play around with them. And he decided that he would claim those images for himself because you can imagine you've got these these pictures of cowboys on these cigarette uh, adverts so you've got this great American kind of myth of the cowboy uh, used to sell uh, cigarettes and so what he did was he re-photographed so he, t- he pointed his camera at this picture cropped the image decided he liked the, the picture of just the cowboy which was uh, in in the one that we've got on our website, it's a cowboy just running uh, across what I suppose is just like a like like a desert or something, and and there's uh, fluffy clouds in the background. Put up the image in an art gallery and uh, as his own original work. Now the reason he did that was because he was trying, in part, I think, to make us relook at how we, you know, we're fed all these images. Uh, throughout our lives, you know, advertising. Some of his work sort of takes those images and puts them in fine art galleries and makes us look at them in a different way.
1: Do you think he intentionally chose Marlborough because it was a well-known image?
0: I think he probably liked quite like the cool kind of cowboys. It's, it's It's also about American culture and what is America as well, you know, and this kind of myth of the cowboy. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So you can understand that, but then when it sells for a million dollars, that's a lot of money. You and you could
1: actually... buy a lot of cigarettes with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You could. laughs> uh,
0: the the original photographer who took the original photograph was uh, paid a fee by Philip Morris, the, the tobacco company who owns Marlborough, and he couldn't sue... Because it wasn't his work, and I don't believe what, so he was. So he he was
1: there, dying to sue him. He was like, "Come on, I really want to sue," but Philip, but he had no rights to do it and no means to do it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the the, the funny thing <laughs> was, uh, one of the photographers actually walked into the, the exhibition and thought, "Oh, cool, you know, because it's his picture," got out his camera to take a picture of the Richard Prince work. And a security guard walked up to him and said, I'm sorry, sir, there's no photographs allowed. Of course he
1: did, yeah. <laughs> and I guess yeah. it wouldn't be uh, representing America without a nice lawsuit in the middle of ownership of it.
0: Well, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I sometimes wonder is part of his art the, he's, he's questioning that kind of thing as well.
1: Well, the reappropriation, he does it on purpose to challenge it in, in little ways
0: yeah well i mean it challenges questions of originality authenticity and authorship you know and there's a lot of artists that uh, that have done that and i think we may well do an appropriation special just to just to cover there's quite a lot of artists that do do that as well
1: yeah it'd be great to see if anyone wants to do any uh, appropriation at home it'd be great to see the pictures we could we yeah. could post them couldn't we we can see which ones we get um, legal seats threatened with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, what we will be doing we do is we'll be posting very grainy images, low resolution images, purely for review and parody. So
1: low, low, low res is okay, is it?
0: Uh, no, but it just covers yourself more. If you use a low resolution image for educational purposes or for critique, it gives you more of a fair use defense again. I'm not a lawyer. I have to keep saying this. It yeah, but I
1: mean, low res, high res. Surely it doesn't matter the resolution.
0: Well, it does because again, there's a, a commercial value. If you're using a low resolution, it can't be re it, 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 it can't be reproduced or used or sold on or anything. I suppose. All right.
1: Yeah. Doesn't it weaken our our arguments and discussions?
0: Yeah, if we're talking about it, yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, don't send any of your works in. (laughs) So, um, now, you would think he gets sued quite a lot, and he does. In the year 2000, a photographer Patrick Carew released a book called Yes Rasta, which was a book of photographs of Rastafarians who were uh, who were living in Jamaica. Rather, in two thousand eight, Richard Prince had a new show called Canal Zone, which he which he released a series of works incorporating Carew's photographs. So what what Richard Prince did was he transformed the works in various ways, like he would cut out, make copies of the photos, and. Uh, make collages out of them in some cases he would just draw on them and some cases he might scratch on top of them, make duplicate images, make them smaller, make them bigger
1: So before we were talking about the cowboy and being like American life and culture, we're talking about Jamaican now with the Rastaman
0: Yeah, yes
1: Yeah. So Does he often deal with these kind of uh, national sort
0: of I think he does. I think he he takes I- images that are quite. things. Yeah, he takes a lot of identity. He play. He does play with identity. I mean, a lot of his work again is about you know taking images that we're fed on a daily basis and uh, taking them out of context and making us uh, reevaluate yeah. them. One of the works that Carew was suing for copyright infringement, I'm looking at it now, in the original photograph, it's a picture of a Rastafarian in long shorts with his shirt off, and he's in a sort of like a forest clearing, and he's got long dreadlocks. Now, in the Richard Prince version, he's, he's taken the photograph and he's drawn sort of what looks like three blue circles or three blue ovals on the face of the Rastafarian, and he's added a guitar and the guitar is sort of a blue guitar and the hands are not black but of a white guitar players
1: yes yeah, so this image reminds me of bob marley because it's kind of got yeah it's kind of got the rastafarian but then it's kind of the english rock and roll guitar on on the front of him so it's kind of uh, yeah like bob marley's first album or something or first album second album blending all them styles he got criticised for it at the time, didn't he, for making, like, reg- yeah, reggae, reggae yeah. rock and blending, like, the uh, Jamaican sound with, like, Western music. I think he, he did have a bit of uh, criticism in some places. Uh,
0: he's taken an image and he's to completely, what, like you say, he's recontextualised it and made it a comment on maybe how their cult, how this Rastafarian culture is viewed in wider society. Right, yeah. Uh, Yeah, you know. And so in all, there was 30 of these images that Carew was suing Prince for initially in 2011. uh, In court, the judge looked at them and decided that there wasn't enough of a a difference. So found in Carew's favour. Now, of course, what happens in a lot of these cases is uh, Richard Prince's team... Then appeals as they do, and th- at the appeal court of the thirty works, the judge considered twenty-five of them to be transformative, and five of them were still sort of up for question.
1: So he got he got away with it in the in a larger part largest part.
0: Yes, he got away with it, and of course, as happens quite a lot, he arranged for an out-of-court settlement.
1: All right. So, so um, the original photographer. Did earn some money out of it, which was yeah, which was kind of nice in some ways. It was nice for him anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing is as well is that he wasn't going to make much more money out of them. The people that would buy these photographs, uh, the it was felt, uh, were completely different to the people that the market that the, the prince us would have had. Yeah. So. Again, yeah, we got a little bit of cash out of it, isn't so it? So
1: when when the judge said change the meaning, what he actually meant was actually is change the customer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm always a bit concerned about where judges have to decide on what is art and what isn't. Uh, so Tom, that's it for our artists and copyright podcast anything else to add uh,
1: yeah no I've, i don't think i've got anything to add
0: oh okay cool anyway just for people listening at home if you can uh, subscribe to us and give us a review on itunes uh again we've got a facebook page um modern is our website so you can go there also we have a patreon page if you want to donate to the show that'd be fantastic and uh, it's just buyers then, Tom, I think. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Excellent! One point to you, Tom!